for joining us. This is the Jazz Focus, and my name is John Clark. You're listening to WETF, the Jazz Station, South Bend, Indiana. And we started out with a Cab Calloway number called The Bugle Call Rag. And we are featuring today on the Jazz Focus a little-known trumpet player, uh, and actually a native of Indiana, a man named Reuben Reeves, Reuben River Reeves. And on that recording, uh, Calloway was yelling out, Red, play it. So he, I guess that was another nickname of his. So... Reuben River Reeves was born in Evansville, Indiana in 1905, and uh, he was trained in music somewhere along the line. He had some fairly extensive training. He had very good trumpet technique, and he played in a lot of very fine uh, reading bands, African-American bands, mostly in Chicago in the late 1920s, mid to late 1920s, I guess, and uh, on into New York after that. By 1924, he had gone to New York initially on a on a uh, vaudeville tour and played with some bands there, but he was in Chicago by 1925, and he made most of his reputation there. He was being marketed as a uh, successor, if you will, to Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong, of course, was the biggest jazz star in Chicago in 1925. Uh, 24 or so before he left for New York to go with the Fletcher Henderson Orchestra. He was there for a little over a year. And then when he came back in the fall, uh, late fall of 1925, he, of course, was coming in to reclaim his kingdom. But Reuben Reeves had been promoted as a... as I said, a successor, but someone who could uh, stand up and play against Louis Armstrong. Well, no one really could do that, and there are a few uh, instances that people recall. Doc Cheatham, the uh, trumpet player, remembered a time when they both got up on stage together and there was no contest at all, and Louis Armstrong was victorious without breaking a sweat. Anyway, Reuben River Reeves, nevertheless, was a very, very fine trumpet player, and we heard him play the second trumpet solo on that recording. That was Cab Calloway's band of 1930. Uh, to, uh, 1931, actually. After Reeves played in a number of Chicago bands, we'll talk about that a little bit later, he went to New York specifically to play with Cab Calloway. Calloway was just starting a band. He had taken over an existing group called the Missourians, which was a territory band that made quite a few 
Records, uh, kind of an unpolished big band that uh, had a lot of spirit to it. And Calloway came in and used that as a backdrop for his vocals, although he did turn the band loose from time to time, and he brought in a few other players as well. We heard uh, Edwin Swayze playing the plunger muted trumpet solo on there. Lamar Wright is the lead trumpet player, and Reuben Reeves plays sort of the Louis Armstrong stuff. Two trombones, DePriest Wheeler and Harry White. Andrew Brown plays alto and tenor sax and sometimes bass clarinet. Walter Thomas plays alto and tenor and baritone sax. And um, Arville Harris plays alto and some clarinet. You heard some clarinet uh, playing at the end of that, and that was by Arville Harris, the tenor by Walter Thomas. And that was the bugle call rag. And of course, Cab Calloway didn't really sing the words. He was just exhorting all the way through that. So Reeves stayed with Calloway from the spring of 1930 up until uh, the spring of, I think it was about 1932 when he left. His place was actually taken by Doc Cheatham, who we mentioned earlier. And he made quite a few records uh, for, mostly for the Brunswick label, but for some other ones as well. Uh, the one we just heard was Brunswick, and we're going to hear two more of the Cab Calloway recordings from this period. Very spirited. Both of these feature some good Calloway vocals. The next one is going to be the Basin Street Blues, and this was one that Louis Armstrong, of course, had recorded with his Hot Five or his Savoy Ballroom Five, uh, and here Reuben Reeves takes the last trumpet solo very much in the style of Louis, even quotes some of Louis' solo in there. And so we're going to hear that along with some Walter Thomas tenor sax. Then we're going to hear a real showpiece. We're going to hear Some of These Days, a great tune by Shelton Brooks from the 1910s and made famous by Sophie Tucker. Well, this is one of the hottest big band recordings of this period. I have no idea who did the arrangement. It might have been Walter Thomas. He was a good arranger, but Harry White was as well, the trombone player. And this features all three trumpet players in this band. Um, we're going to hear uh, from R.Q. Dickerson, who was playing plunger trumpet on this one. Edwin Swayze replaced him a little bit later. Um, Basin Street Blues came from July of 1931, and some of these days is December of 1930. So Edwin, or rather, uh, R.Q. Dickerson plays the plunger muted trumpet. The very hot open trumpet is by Reuben Reeves, and then there's a much more uh, controlled open trumpet solo a little bit later after the vocal by Lamar Wright, who was the lead trumpet player, who also played later, many years later, with Count Basie playing lead for him in the 1950s. In between times, we're going to hear a baritone sax solo by Walter Thomas, a trombone solo by DePriest Wheeler, and a clarinet solo by an interesting player named William Thornton Blue, who came from St. Louis. He was with the Callaway Band for a year or so and uh, contributed some very buzzy, um, hot-sounding clarinet solos, and we're going to hear him on here. Also, I believe he played the alto solo as well. And then following that, we're going to hear a uh, recording, actually it's uh, Reuben Reeves' first recording. It was uh, by the Fess Williams Band, Professor Stanley Williams and his Joy Boys. We'll tell you more about that when the time comes, but that will be called the Dixie Stomp from 1928. So right now we're going to hear Basin Street Blues, Some of These Days, and Dixie Stomp. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
So that was Dixie Stomp, recorded by Fess Williams and his Joy Boys. Before we do that, we'll tell you about Basin Street Blues and some of these days by Cab Calloway and his orchestra. Those were recorded in New York in 1930 uh, and 31, and uh, as I said, featured the trumpet of Reuben River Reeves from Evansville, Indiana. And uh, on the Basin Street Blues, the first trumpet solo we heard there was a plunger-muted solo by R.Q. Dickerson, or excuse me, by Edwin Swayze. The plunger-muted solo at the beginning of some of these days was by R.Q. Dickerson and uh, some other players as well. And also that interesting saxophone section solely on some of these days that was pretty intricate for the day and uh, definitely a, a virtuoso showpiece. Uh, wasn't based on a stock arrangement as far as I know. It must have been an original or a heavily, heavily doctored stock if it was, because clearly it was written for that band and showing off their solo talent and the vocal talents of Cab Calloway, who was um, always one of the more interesting soloists in his own band. He never gets credit for being a jazz singer, but uh, you can listen to something like some of these days and see that he really was. So the last tune we heard... Dixie Stomp was uh, the recording debut of Reuben River Reeves, and Professor Stanley Williams, otherwise known as Fess Williams, was an interesting character in jazz history. He was a, uh, a sort of a clarinet player. You could hear him play a solo on that one. He was known as the Black Ted Lewis. He played that sort of vaudeville, hokum, novelty-style clarinet and saxophone, too, and he sang in a almost a Jolson type of way. He was a, a comedian first and foremost, but he always had some very good bands around him, and his musicians who reminisced about those days said that he uh, was very good to his musicians, especially on the job. He'd let them play and play a lot of jazz and feature them at length and all that, uh, but the recordings show the showy personality. And uh, he had a band in New York uh, starting, oh, about 1925. He was uh, playing at the Roseland and the Savoy. He always had very, very good jobs. And he was there for two or three years and uh, had some interesting bands and interesting recordings. No really super known soloists other than Hank Duncan on piano, very fine stride pianist. Uh, but at some point in mid or summer of 19. Uh, well, I guess in the spring of 1928, he went back to Chicago. He left his band in New York, and they continued playing under Hank Duncan's leadership as Fess Williams and his Royal Flush Orchestra. But the professor himself went to Chicago and started another band. So he must have had some designs at having a, a, a series of bands out there, like a, a, a society band stable or something like that, like the Lannons in New York. And uh, the band he put together in Chicago were some very fine Chicago show musicians, African-American musicians. And he recorded two titles, Dixie Stomp and Drifting and Dreaming, with them on April 3rd of 1928 for Vocalion, in addition to Reuben Reeves on trumpet, who's heard there in solo towards the end, and I think in the beginning too, he uh, is joined by Fats Robbins on trumpet, Eddie Atkins and William Franklin on trombones. They show up on a lot of Chicago uh, black big bands of the time. Ralph Brown on alto sax and oboe. Norval Morton, who is also known as Flutes Morton, we're going to see him a little bit later, on tenor sax and flute. Clarence Lee, Bobby Wall, and Joe McCutcheon on violin. Lawrence Dixon on banjo. Zudi Renault on bass, and Jasper Taylor, the legendary drummer. Uh, and that was the uh, uh, Fess Williams and his Joy Boys, uh, a lot of very fine musicians who played in the theaters in Southside Chicago venues. So Reuben Reeves must have been a pretty good player. Uh, he was, you know, well-trained. Clearly, he had a good technique. We heard at the end of Basin Street Blues him ending on a very big high D, which was a pretty high note for anyone but Louis Armstrong, um, but even high at uh, that point for Louis Armstrong's date. And then he started out playing some of these days on the same note. I didn't intend that, but it just worked out just perfectly that way. So Reeves, when he was in Chicago, 
was playing with a lot of the finest bands of the day, uh, professional, high-quality, high-class bands, they were called. They weren't really jazz bands, but they played in theaters. They did overtures, some classical overtures. They played accompaniments to vaudeville acts. They would play in between movies, silent movies, and so forth. And um, at the time, in Chicago, 1925, when he was, uh, you know, sort of the the... the being marketed as the new Louis Armstrong, he was playing a similar role in bands led by Dave Payton and Erskine Tate. Now, Erskine Tate had Louis Armstrong, uh, I think, a little bit before. I think he replaced him a little bit later with Reuben Reeves when, when Armstrong went out at the head of the Carol Dickerson band. But uh, Erskine Tate had a thing for fine trumpet players. He had Freddie Keppard earlier in the 1920s. And uh, unfortunately, Reeves did not record with that band. And then, later on... Uh, with uh, his notoriety becoming more, uh, Reeves was given the opportunity to make a series of small group jazz recordings for the Vocalion label. Of course, Louis Armstrong had been making uh, records for OK under the name of the Hot Five and Hot Seven and the Savoy Ballroom Five and so on and so forth. And those were immensely popular. They sold very well and they were very influential on the development of jazz. And on the heels of the success of the Louis Armstrong recordings, other trumpet players were given that opportunity. Jabbo Smith uh, recorded a series of small group things for Brunswick. I'm going to be playing some of those on my podcast, The Jazz Focus, which you can find on uh, anchor.fm or Spotify or Google, all sorts of places. Look for my name on there. We're going to be doing a tribute to a great clarinet player we're going to hear a little bit of coming up named Omer Simeon. He's on some of these Reuben River Reeves sides too. And so Reeves was given the opportunity to do uh, a recording uh, series as well. A little bit later, of course, Red Allen jumped on the bandwagon, and he had a very successful and long-range series uh, that rivaled Armstrong's for popularity. So, Reuben River Reeves, he uh, was given, as I said, the uh, opportunity to make these reco- records uh, beginning in June of 1929. They were not terribly uh, popular. He didn't make a lot of them, and apparently they were not terribly efficient uh, in their use of the studio time. There were a lot of studio dates that only yielded one title, and typically a band would go in and try to record four titles in four hours, and sometimes two or whatever, but one was an awful waste, and so presumably there were a bunch of things that got rejected, or they spent a lot of time in the studio figuring things out, or something like that. We're going to hear two tunes, actually three from 1929, June and July, with slightly different personnels. The first one is called The Parson Blues, Reuben River Reeves and His River Boys, and then we're going to hear The Bugle Call blues, another bugle call, and then low down after that. And so the personnel on here for Parson Blues is Reuben River Reeves on trumpet, his brother Gerald Reeves on trombone. He uh, had recorded with Jelly Roll Morton and done some things on his own, but he did most of his recording with his brother. Omer Simeon, who I just mentioned, great clarinet and alto sax player from New Orleans, although he moved to Chicago as as a boy and did all his clarinet study there. Jimmy Prince on piano, Cecil White on banjo or guitar, and Jasper Taylor on the drums. And that will be the Parson Blues. When we get to the Bugle Call Blues, it will be the same band from a couple of days later, about a week later actually. And then for low down rhythm, uh, there was no banjo or guitar, and we add another saxophone, Darnell Howard, another fine Chicago reed man, who also played violin, but here plays clarinet and alto sax, and Harry Gray on tuba. So those are the three tunes we're going to hear. Reuben River Reeves and his River Boys doing Parson Blues, Bugle Call Blues, sometimes called Bugle Call Rag, and Low Down.
morning. Fall has had six. Oh, tell it, buddy, tell it, tell it. I woke up this morning. About half past six. Oh, blew it, blew it. Don't hold my britches. I'm in an awful fix. Boy, where'd you tell your britches? Just where'd you tell your britches? Don't quit me, mama. Don't put me out of door. Well, why don't you make her keep you? Make her keep you. Don't quit me, mama. Don't put me out of door. Make her like it, bud. Make her like it. I don't hold my make britches. It, Ain't got no more
1803 tunes by Reuben Reeves and his tributaries. Reuben River Reeves, hence the name. So we heard the Parson Blues, uh, featuring mostly featuring Reuben Reeves on trumpet, also Omer Simeon on a very um, unusual clarinet solo, showing off some technique along with some uh, uh, combination phrases with Reeves in there, and an interesting guitar solo by Cecil White. He was obviously a bluesy guitarist. Sounds a little like a southwestern uh, western swing guitarist. That's the type of music that those guitar players were listening to. We're going to be doing a show coming up on... Um, some version of Milton Brown and his Brownies, the great Western swing band that was active a few years after this and in Texas and Oklahoma. Then we heard the Bugle Call Blues. Same band, uh, Omer Simeon played alto sax on that, and it ended with a guitar cadenza, a little bit unusual. And there was a vocal along the way. We don't know who by. There were two voices. I kind of suspect it was Reuben Reeves on the second voice, the answering voice, because he called out to the first voice, he said a name that didn't seem to equate with anyone in the band, but none of the horn players was playing. Omer Simeon, as far as we know, didn't sing, so it could have been anybody else in the band, I suppose. Jasper Taylor, the drummer, would sing from time to time. I don't know if it sounded like him. Could have been Gerald Reeves, uh, the trombone player, as well. And then we finished up with a tune called um, The Low Down Rhythm. Uh, again, vocal in there, don't know who by, but featured a little more of an arrangement. Some interesting trumpet and trombone, and a saxophone section of two players anyway, Omer Simeon on alto and Darnell Howard on alto, and I'm pretty sure I heard a third saxophone in there, don't know who that could have been. Uh, at that time, it might have been someone like um, uh, Cecil Irwin, who was playing with uh, Earl Hines' band, uh, and also Omer Simeon was playing with them as well, so it could have been him, uh, but... Who knows? Could have been anybody else. They didn't keep very close records, uh, careful records on these. So we're going to hear three more by Reuben Reeves and his groups in Chicago. As I said, he was playing with larger, more organized bands and uh, showing off his technique nightly. He must have been a good reading musician uh, to play in those bands. He also apparently got a Master's of Music from the uh, American Conservatory of Music, which was a Chicago institution for about 100 years, from the 1890s. I guess it closed in about 1991. It wasn't affiliated with any university, but it had a very extensive music program. And a look at its alumni list, if you you go on the Wikipedia article about it, it's pretty impressive. And apparently they had a, a, a pretty open policy in terms of uh, integration, and if uh, Reuben Reeves did indeed get a master's in music from them, he may very well have. There were a lot of Chicago musicians at the time in the African-American community who were going for advanced degrees. Doc Cook, who led uh, the Doctors of Syncopation, and the saxophone player Jerome Pasquale, they all went on for various advanced degrees as well. So we're going to hear three more tunes right now. One called Head Low, sort of a gospely type of tune, uh, similar to the band we just heard. Also, we're going to hear Do I Know What I'm Doing by Blanche, well, or the vocal by Blanche Calloway. This was before uh, Reeves joined her brother, Cab Calloway's band, about a year before that, so we wonder if there was a little connection there. And then we're going to end up that little set with a tune called Bigger and Better Than Ever. And these are all basically with the same band, although not entirely sure what the exact personnel of this is. Uh, Omer Simeon probably is part of it, possibly Darnell Howard, uh, Gerald Reeves on trombone, Reuben Reeves, and then the uh, rhythm section of Jimmy Prince on piano, Cecil White when there's a banjo or a guitar, Harry Gray when there's a tuba, and uh, Jasper Taylor on drums. So, uh, we might hear some other instruments coming and going as well, depending on the need and the arrangement. So those are our three tunes right now. 
So we're going to now listen to Ruben Reeves and his tributaries playing the uh, Headlow. This is also called his River Boys, by the way. Do I Know and Bigger and Better, all from August and September of 
Is it day or night? Do my words make sense? What's the difference while I'm in love? Do I know where I'm going? Is it east or west? Is it for the best? Am I on the ground? Am I heaven bound while I'm in love? I never knew what delight meant, and I'm so full of excitement. I think I'm losing my right mentality. Honestly, do I know what I'm doing? Am I in a rut? Am I just a nut? Do you think I am? Do I give a damn while I'm in love?
So that was Reuben River Reeves and his River Boys. He uh, was quite a trumpet player. Some of those places he almost sounds like he's playing cornet, but I guess it was a trumpet. So those three recordings we just heard were significantly less jazzy than the two or three before that, um, mostly featuring the solos of Reuben River Reeves himself on trumpet, but some nice ensemble playing. Uh, I don't know about the first one, but the second two were definitely stock arrangements they were playing from. Head Low was a sort of a pseudo-gospel tune by his River Boys from August 25th of 1929. Had a very straight singer. I'm not sure who it was. Uh, again, don't have a lot of credits for these things. Then we went on to uh, Do I Know What I'm Doing with a vocal by Blanche Calloway, sister of Cab Calloway. I think his older sister and the person who he credited for getting him into the business at one point. She was quite a good singer and had an excellent band that recorded uh, in the early 30s. Uh, she also recorded with the Andy Kirk Band and uh, a little bit later she did some other studio recordings. She did some blues recordings too. I think one was accompanied by Louis Armstrong. Um, so that was that tune. Then we go on to another one. By the way, in that recording, when she was singing, she actually said the word damn. That was big for that day, that she didn't give a damn. This was well before Gone with the Wind. So that was pretty, pretty daring for Vocalion Records in 1929. And then we ended up with a tune called Bigger and Better Than Ever, again with an unknown vocalist. Clearly this is a full-size band, a dance band, probably ten pieces, two trumpets and a trombone. Uh, I hear at least three saxophones in there. We don't know who they are, but it doesn't make a lot of difference because they don't really stand out. They play in section and then a rhythm section. So interesting little band, playing stock arrangements presumably, uh, but featuring the trumpet of Reuben Reeves being put forth as a rival to Louis Armstrong at that point. So Reeves, after he uh, left Chicago to go to New York to play uh, with the Callaway Band, he stayed in New York after leaving Callaway a couple of years and jobbed around New York and so forth. And then he ended up enlisting in the, I think it was in the Navy during World War II, and he led a service band in Hawaii, uh, which was a, a hotbed for music during World War II, uh, especially big band music, both African-American and white bands playing over there. And uh, some interesting stories and, and different uh, service bands that went through there, including the Artie Shaw Band, but apparently Reeves had a, a very successful band that was active uh, in Hawaii during that time. After the war, he came back to New York. He played with Harry Dial, the drummer, and apparently made some uh, live recordings uh, that exist. I haven't heard them from about 1945-46, and uh, showed a little bit different style, more of a swing style, I guess, than what we're hearing today. And he kept playing weekends and with Harry Dial's band for a few years, and then he ended up uh, becoming a bank guard. So uh, he could actually make money and not necessarily have to depend on his musical income. And he would play from time to time, but he left music altogether and eventually passed away in 1975 at the age of about 69 or 70, somewhere in there. So had quite a long life for a musician of his generation and left a, a very nice legacy. He didn't record too much after the early 1930s, but clearly he was a very good trumpet player for the day and uh, band leader and musician as well. So we're going to finish up uh, our musical portion of this show with a couple of tunes from his last recording date, which was in 1933. Again, Reuben River Reeves and his River Boys. And the band here is an interesting mix of Chicago uh, jazz and studio musicians, or, or show band musicians, some of whom he'd played with in other bands. For example, James Tate on trumpet. He had played with his, uh, I think it was his brother, Erskine Tate. Uh, Cicero Thomas was a pretty well-known trumpeter in Chicago at the time. Of course, Gerald Reeves on trombone. Also, John Thomas on trombone, who had made some recordings with Louis Armstrong when he deputized for Kid Ori with the Hot Seven. 
the real music director, I think, of this band uh, is playing alto and clarinet, and his name was Franz Jackson, who had a very long career. He lived to be about 96 years old and was still playing and recording pretty close to the end. Very fine player. Uh, he also arranged these tunes, and I think he wrote them all, too. He and Reeves may have collaborated on some. Also, Fred Brown on clarinet and alto sax. Norval Morton, Flutes Morton, we talked about him with the Fess Williams Band, was on clarinet and tenor. Eddie King on piano. Elliot Washington on banjo. Zudi Renault, who played with Fess Williams, on bass. And Richard Barnett on drums. And uh, this was recorded in Chicago. Uh, Reeves had gone back to Chicago for a while, the job after he had left Callaway. This was on December 14th, 1933. And we're going to hear two tunes. One is called Maisie, and the other is Screws, Nuts, and Bolts by Reuben River Reeves and his River Boys. Thank you. 
So there is Reuben River Reeves, ending as he began with a nice high note and a cadenza there. So we heard Maisie and Screws, Nuts, and Bolts. Those are two of the four tunes that he recorded uh, with that band on December 14, 1933. The other two are a little better known. Yellow Fire, which was one of Franz Jackson's best-known tunes, and Zudan, which he also recorded later in life. So we heard a lot of solos in there. I'm presuming, uh, sound-wise anyway, that Reuben Reeves was responsible for all the trumpet solos. Gerald Reeves, I think, was uh, the trombone soloist. We heard a couple of very uh, facile clarinet solos by, I believe, Franz Jackson, who also did the arrangements and probably wrote the tunes, Fred Brown on alto sax, Norval Morton on tenor sax, and on the second number, Screws, Nuts, and Bolts, we heard a piano solo by Eddie King. So very uh, efficient little group. I don't know if that was a working group at the time or not. That was about the size of a big band from 1933, five brass, three saxes, and four rhythm, and uh, certainly a hot group as well. So, hope you've enjoyed our little tribute to the pride of Evansville, Indiana, at least uh, at that time, Reuben River Reeves, a great, uh, if unheralded, African-American musician active in Chicago and New York from the mid-1920s up, well, up into the 1950s anyway, uh, before he finally retired with a little time off for service in Hawaii during World War II. So my name is John Clark, and uh, this program is called The Jazz Focus. We want to thank WETF for putting us on. WETF, The Jazz Station, South Bend, Indiana. And I uh, hope you keep tuning in and listening. We're going to be playing something else next week. I think we're going to be going for a little Jazz in the West program. This will be something that will feature the music of some of the musicians who uh, were associated with Milton Brown and his Brownies, called a Western Swing Band, but they call themselves jazz musicians, and I think you'll agree when you hear uh, some of these recordings. We're going to do a little bit of uh, their later career. Even after Milton Brown passed away, that band still existed under a couple of different names. Durwood Brown, his brother, led it, and Ozzy Stockard, who would play banjo and bass. And uh, they made records under their name, but with basically the same personnel. And those tended to be very jazzy as well. So we'll have a little cross-section of the Milton Brown uh, tradition there. So once again, thank you for joining us. My name is John Clark, and we are the Jazz Focus.